0: Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And I'm Blake. Hey! No, <laughs> he was just waiting to do that. I know. People haven't heard his voice in a long time. He's one of our best shows, though. I know. Like I told him, we've upgraded. The last time we saw Blake, he was in, our, he was in my kitchen. Oh,
1: he wasn't doing, right. wasn't doing
0: a podcast, but he was in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so, you uh, know, we brought Blake on. We're going to do a little tire talk later. Yeah. Um, but uh, we are, as ever, uh, broadcasting and recording from Drivers Club. Yeah. Brought to you by Avance Haggerty. Rainier
2: and Carter Subaru
0: and I want to say this uh thank you to Adam from Avance for our birthday present oh yeah I don't know I don't know if they're public yet Uh, yeah 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 yeah, we will we'll
2: post pictures when we can that was very cool of him to do that
0: yeah yeah
2: how was your weekend (laughs) I had an awesome weekend how's your mom (laughs) we had a little birthday gathering we uh went up and
0: played in the snow that was a lot of fun actually yeah it was I mean and Davis kept all of his wheel wells or wheel uh fender liners fender liners this time so that was good um it uh dan and i uh we've got a good friend of mine well we know we know i'm trevor stevens from uh he's in the Vaughn's and on Off road and he's i think he he works for landmark motors um over there behind uh yeah he does he does all the photography for them yeah so a good friend of mine big subie guy and um (laughs) thank god i I i had sent him a message and i was like i've done all these upgrades to my car and he just did a bunch of upgrades to his cross track and i'm like I'm starting to feel a little weird driving on the pavement all the time. We need to go out and do something. And I have to give him credit because I did not plan... (laughs) <laughs> he did everything, so we went up to Sk- up. she He had uh, brought up a couple of people from the uh, the, the Mountain Rue Rainier Club, which is uh, apparently Mountain Rue is a, a nationwide Subaru club that I'm finding out about. Yeah. And uh, went up and went up and we found snow. We, we found a lot of snow, yeah, which was which was really cool. Just
2: enough though to make it fun, or you did not have to worry about getting stuck forever. No, But yeah. enough to give you a little
0: bit of a challenge. But we had we had we had uh, Davis in the winch, so we're good. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And just to be clear, it was a winch on his car, not some woman in his car. No. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, you yeah, can add so that. Snow out. wheeling, fine. and now yeah.
2: I want more snow wheeling. I'm like, I'm missing an off road vehicle so much. That Rubicon Diesel's coming my way, yep. but it's going to be a little while. Well, so you'll build it right. Oh yeah, you'll build it right. It'll be stock for like a day.
0: <laughs> well, I, so I think my first mod was like six seconds after. I was, was going to say, Carter. I think yeah, I'm, so once
2: I get the ETA of when it will arrive, I will all have parts waiting in the garage for it. It'll literally just be like
0: home. But I've seen you do that too. In the fact with the Land Cruiser, you had a bunch of parts waiting for the Land Cruiser that sat.
2: Yeah. Were <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be yeah. lift, tires, sliders, the whole nine. After the front bumper tried to kill us. Yeah. 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 Speaking of snow tires, I just got, the new, I just got new snow tires. Ooh. Wow. Well, yeah. Wow. For the Porsche, not the Audi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, people will be surprised.
0: That oh, car, yeah. That car's going to do really well in the winter.
2: Yeah, no, uh, that brings us to our tip of the day, actually. And one of the reasons that car will do really well in the winter is because it has something called torque vectoring. And this was originally invented by Mitsubishi for Rally. They were the first ones to really implement it. Torque vectoring is just a fancy way to say torque vectoring. That's exactly what it is. It is a literal term. Torque vectoring means you are vectoring torque front to back, side to side, all around. Um, and that means when you basically lose grip on one, or you need more power on one side, um, it's going to transfer to that power. Audi likes to do this really fun thing with their test drives where they will park you half in gravel, half on the pavement, and tell you to floor it. Well, torque vectoring works really well in Audis. Uh, Audi made a big deal out of it in their rally cars as well, and so it immediately pushes all that power to the wheels that are gripping on the pavement, in the front
0: and the back, and the center. Who had the phrase from the wheels that slipped to the wheels was that grip. grip? Was that Subaru? Or was I it think it was I don't know. I mean, it I remember mi- that it, it's it's gone through a lot of the cars. Yeah. I mean, as far as it's you know, Mitsubishi is not the only one anymore. No, not at yeah. all. No. In
2: fact, pretty much all, everybody these days with modern all-wheel drive is running some kind of torque vectoring on most of their cars. Uh, that's not all, of course, but th- any performance car, pretty much at this point, uh, worth its salt is going to have some its own variant of torque vectoring. Sometimes it's included with yaw control and things like that, so it can sense uh, inertia on the car and how the chassis is unsettling. That's how the high-end stuff does it. Um, even down to the STI does that, actually. And it can move now. I mean, it used to be just left to right. Like front-wheel drive cars with torque vectoring, it doesn't have to be all-wheel drive. It's most p- prevalent in all-wheel drive. can move it left to right. Um, that's a great way to compensate for oversteer. That's why the, the new Civic Type R actually handles so well. Well, it doesn't look good. No. (laughs) (laughs) The design is uh, controversial, but it does drive really well, and it does handle really well because it does a really good job of torque vectoring and overcoming that torque steer you feel, which is when you have a shorter axle on one side, and therefore that axle tends to grab more and then pull you. That's torque steer. Torque vectoring tends to feel that. It can tell the difference between that and push it to the other tire to compensate and get you straight again. Um, In all-wheel drive, really fancy stuff, like say you're coming over a crest of a hill and a turn really fast, the car can sense that where that tire is lifting and transfer it to the tire that's more planted to the road, and that torque factoring happens so fast that it grips and it pulls you through that corner without unsettling the whole chassis. So pretty impressive stuff. Um, thank you, Mitsubishi, for starting that wave, because they were killing it in rally when they did, um, and now everybody's using it pretty much mainstream on the good stuff. And uh, it, um,
0: And now I can't tell you the last time I saw a Mitsubishi dealership. Yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah,
2: it, it was the Evo 4. It was the, technically the first street sport car with torque vectoring. Wow. It was very rudimentary. That was a while ago. T- yeah. I think that was... Um, what was that Jackie Chan movie? Who Am I? Where he parks it backwards in the thing? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, another fun thing about that... Uh, is it does a really good job of eliminating understeer and oversteer when it's done correctly. That's why the sport diff option in Audi S classes, which is still like why they don't have that standard, is beyond me. It's just cheap. People buy cars for the name, I guess. But uh, they handle dramatically different. Anybody who's driven both back to back and hard will be shocked at how differently those cars handle. And it's because the torque vectoring in those cars in the sport diff happens so much faster. And it can move that car around really quick. We we did uh one of our favorite roads out in California, I mean, we were both surprised at how well that car handled on continental DSWs. Yes. And so, very, very well. Yeah, and I mean it's not no excuse to not have a summer tire in those conditions, don't be wrong. But I mean still it did better than we thought it would uh-huh. and held the grip really well, and a lot of that was being able to sort out its chassis shortcomings, uh, and tire shortcomings with really, really good torque vector. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's something that you know you don't realize you're, you're, there's so many things your cars do that you don't just yeah, <laughs> throw it into the curve and you think, oh yeah, I'm a really good driver. Yeah, well, yeah, the car has not so to do much. Yeah. yeah,
2: I think the GTR is probably the most impressive car I've seen in the compensation factor. It's really heavy, and the tires aren't as wide as you think from the factory, but man, can that car come out of a corner because it's work the computers are working so hard. To get that traction down, and it does a really, really good job of it. No matter who you are, that is an impressive car to drive sure. at speed. So, and you can be a pretty, you can come out of a corner pretty wrong and
0: point it where you want to go and punch it, and it'll sort it out pretty quick. Excellent. So. Well, let's do this. Um, let's uh, take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Blake from Right Away Tire, and we're going to be asking him a lot of the questions that normal people would have for somebody that I- in his business yeah and
2: a bunch of stuff i don't know i'm genuinely yeah. looking forward to the answers yeah. because i one of the biggest complaints we got from our carter super Tip of the day is it wasn't long enough people want more history and more background and more tech and we've we've got a bunch of i've got a bunch of questions in my head that you don't need to be uh you don't need to watch a youtube video for you just need to hear somebody say it who's an expert so we're going to stick to the stuff you can hear and still <laughs> absorb it's a lot of tire technology is obviously visual yeah so we'll be right
0: back we'll be right back We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. Hi, Nick. <laughs>
2: you going to join I, us now? I are you really, ready to join well, us? No, I
0: just really wish that some people could hear the things that are said. So,
2: yeah. We'll talk about your underwear later. Well, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even the subject. And people are going to think it was. No. So, a long time ago, when we were recording, this was, this one was in your kitchen. Yep. We had Blake on the show. Mm-hmm. Episode 39, if anybody's listening. I've actually, it's one of the episodes I've gone back and remastered. I've redone the audio on it, cleaned it all up. Oh you've been Doby Digitaled. That's right. And uh he was talking about something he hadn't launched yet, called Right Away Tire. And we went out to the parking lot and saw the van before it was done and ready and That's we how
0: much we trust Blake. He, we, he said, come downstairs. I want to show you a dark van. I said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: was an impressive van. <laughs> I didn't even have Dal for candy. It, it was delicious candy, though. Yeah, it's, it's yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, you had it, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: In the fanny pack. Yeah. Yep.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> candy pack, yeah.
2: And we, we thought, it was like, this is genius. And we even talked about it on the episode that we were going to do like a photo shoot with him getting ready. Well, we did that tonight because I've got new tires on the Porsche, thanks to Blake, where we did them right in front of Driver's Club right before the episode. I didn't have to go anywhere, didn't do anything, have to wait. Uh, and it was right away. It was right away. Mm-hmm. And yep. they made tires easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, normally they would come to your work or to your house and take away your old tires, the whole line. It's super, super easy. And I can attest, um, I won't name the other name, but this is the first time I've had tires changed where I haven't had my wheels messed up. And when you have forged wheels on your Porsche that are center lock, you tend to be a little more picky because you will die if they screw them up. So, Losing a center lug at you know 175 miles an hour. You have to relube. Yeah, you have to relube. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have to clean them and relube them. Get it on there. And they cleaned up my wheels. Got my new Alp, uh, Michelin Alpine PA fours N1 specific to the Porsche. I'm super excited to go to Whistler. What were
0: all those numbers you just said?
2: It's a very specific tire. Like it's a very specific tire, and it was uh, I I knew he would find the right set, the exact set. Didn't even just all done. So thank you again for that you're welcome yeah. welcome back first of all yes thank you I mean, welcome you know, back to the show
0: manners jesus dan <laughs> blake okay so there's a lot of people out there that don't understand tires they, they go to their local guy and they assume that it's going to be you know they're going to be sold the right tire at the right price uh, and you know they anything that the, the person suggests is, is what they need and you know the, the, their blinker fluid is low and all this <laughs> stuff so you've created right away tire um basically like dan said you come to the customer there's no there's you don't have to go to the tire store you don't have to sit at the tire store you come to them wherever they may be and and you can do everything out of your your uh mercedes sprinter van correct correct okay and so when somebody's going and buying tires and we've all sat down and looked at our tire we've all had to work on our tires things like that anybody that does even doesn't know cars is on the side of the road and you, you there's hundreds of things on the side of the tires and we know some. It's got to have something to do about size. It's got to do something about width, length, things like that. Correct. Correct. Okay. So <laughs> what is what is a basic a basic information that somebody should know when they're looking at a tire? So I mean, like Dan t- rambled off the name of his tire. Yes. And let's talk. Let's let's talk about that because it's a pretty pretty good example. Correct. Correct. Okay. Let's we'll start with the size aspect ratio stuff.
1: Yeah. So um, a little bit about uh, right away. Yeah. Which yeah. please do can differentiate us from other tire stores is that I truly believed that the space as a whole needed transparency and trust and really well thought of execution, to be honest. And mobility. (laughs) and, And then there's the whole mobility factor because when you do get a flat tire, whether it be at home or work, you're either putting on a spare, you're towing it, then you're taking it to a store where you're trusting a person behind the counter, whether they're high school aged or otherwise, uh, that they are the tire expert and that they've driven cars hard um, and they know how to spec a tire for each individual. And that's something that we take into serious consideration when we're um, curating tires for our customers is we want to know your driving style, what kind of car you have, and not just sell you the best tire for the tire store because it's on the shelf and it's in stock, but I try to find the best tire for our customers and their needs. And with that being said, um, the winter tire discussion with Dan actually just started because he posted um, something on Instagram. I can't remember exactly what it was. Probably picture his deck. Again, his back deck. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) You have been doing that a lot. I know. Okay. Have you seen the view from my deck? I have. It's a nice deck. It is.
2: It's beautiful sunrises. You can give me crap and
0: sunsets. (laughs) We've all talked. You're going going to counseling soon for that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he posted something on Instagram, and I said, hey, when are we doing winter tires? And he said, whenever. And I said, great. And I was like, where do we want to do it? And he was like, let's do it at Driver's Club. And I said, no problem. And um, I went out and... Basically, I, I, I'm well-versed in tires, so I was like, I'm going to get him a Michelin Pilot Sport PA4, which is their Alpine series, uh, and it's the 4. Uh, it's the fourth generation, which is the PA4. Okay. And you have to, on the Turbo S's, it's recommended by Porsche that you actually downsize the widths. Uh, because For a narrower, winter tires? Yes. Uh, winter tires in general perform better the narrower the contact patch. So if a tire is extremely wide, going through the snow, it tends to be like a wide ski or like a snowboard where it'll sit on top of the snow as opposed to cutting through the snow and getting to the pavement where you're going to have traction. Does that make Good. sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So in your case, the, the PA4s that we specced on your car, they're, they're an N-spec specific tire, which means that they're designed specifically for Porsche and the first time that Michelin will do an N-spec tire, it will technically be an N0 and the tires that we put on your car this evening were N1s, which means that they're not the first generation, but the second iteration of the PA4s for the Turbo S. So you have tires that basically only work on your car and they're made for your car so they've got hundred and seventy or a hundred and eighty-four mile an hour speed rating on them, and no. they're capable no. of the snow. No, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's it. The the reason why that tire exists and at those speed ratings is you can have a gorgeous clear day that's forty-two degrees out, and you don't have risk of ice or snow or even rain, and it's just dry but cold normal rubber compounds like meant like what we took off which were the michelin pilot sport 4s which is their summer performance tire that tire turns into basically pvc at those temperatures and so it will just spin out it will you know you can lose control in the corners and this high performance snow tire that we put on you could go that fast. You could go to a track day when it was 40 degrees out and you'd have extremely good performance on a dry track day using those tires. No problem. Where winter tires don't excel in is when the temperatures are above 50, 55 degrees, road temperatures are are high, or temperatures are 80 degrees outside and you're taking those tires on the track, you're going to shred them to pieces. Yeah. Those chunk off. Yeah. But there's a time and a place, yep. and so those tires are gonna. You know, they have a three peak, uh, a three peak mountain snowflake designation, which is important for all wheel drive, um, or people with all wheel drive, and in the 28 states in the U.S. that require, um, or that have laws specific to uh, snow driving, and the three peak mountain snowflake designation, or three PMSF rating will have a three-peak mountain logo and a snowflake in the middle of it. And that's designated on the tire. Okay. And if you have all-wheel drive and 3 pmsf tires, you do not need to chain up when you go across most mountain passes. And in Dan's case, if, if there was like a chains required, if there was clearance so he could drive the Turbo S <laughs> on that mountain pass... He technically wouldn't need to chain up in Washington State. Not all 28 states are like that, but you get the point. And things, not Canada. For thing,
0: that. I mean, things have changed. I remember growing up in Spokane, we had studded snow tires. You don't see those anymore. Hardly we ever. We install them. Yeah, you but I'm saying, it, it, from what, from, it used to be everybody had them. Yes. And then they got into the stuff where they were cu- they were siping your tires for, for winter, and then they were putting walnuts in the tires for traction and things like that. Toyota so, still does that. I know. Yeah. But it's... So much has changed in the fact that, like, I ran into this idea what he was talking about car, uh, tire, or tire specific for your car when I, when I first said this was long before rideaway right away tire, just so we're clear. For the Maserati, oh, They were Maserati, yeah, Maserati yeah. S- s- specific tires, and I had yeah. no idea that even existed. In fact, when the guy told me about that, I about called BS on him. I'm like, oh, no, you're trying to sell me a tire just because, you know, Maserati suggests it. But that's not necessarily true. They're made for the car. They're, 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 they work with the car company to make sure that they work with the car,
1: correct? Yeah, and yeah. why is Porsche, spe- p- spe- that too? Porsche specific tires <laughs> are important is because Porsches are rear engine. And a typical tire is going to be, is going to have what's called a load range, which is going to designate how much weight can that tire hold and in a typical car like a GT setup where you've got a front engine car and rear wheel drive like on my Camaro the front tires don't need to hold as much weight so the the Porsche specific tires have been engineered to hold more weight because there's a possibility i mean it's a it's a well balanced car still but there is an engine over there yeah you know <laughs> so at times depending on how you're you know driving it more weight can be exerted back there. And so the tires generally have a higher weight rating. And there are Michelin-specific tires. And, uh, you know, Pirelli, I mean, a lot of manufacturers will make spec tires for vehicles. But um, they exist because that company has been in bed with the manufacturer to design a tire that's the best fit for that.
0: And, and tires that are this specific, I mean, a lot of people, and the common person thinks, you know, when you're doing maintenance on your car, and we've talked about it with Carter Subaru Tips of the Day, of tire rotation. These, this type of setups, you're not going to be rotating their tires from the front to the back, like on, on a lot of cars. Correct. Um, but why does that happen? Like, on a normal, on, on somebody that goes out
1: and buys normal passenger tires, why do you want to rotate? Uh, well, rotations in general um, should be done. Per the manufacturer of the tire, so okay. Michelin, Continental tend to recommend rotations every five to six thousand miles, and the reason for it is because you've got tires that turn, and uh, tires that break. I mean, in the f- the front end of vehicles tend to do a lot of work, which is the turning and the braking majority of it, and then and then acceleration too if it's front wheel drive car, and the back has a different suspension geometry oftentimes. So the tire, depending on how you use the vehicle, whether it's aggressive driving or you're constantly you know, hauling around 1,200 pounds worth of gear in the back, you're going to have some camber issues in the rear. And so on a square setup, which refers to all four tires being the same size as well as the wheels and offsets, then you can rotate the entire mounted wheel and tire assemblies from the back to the front. And there's also, you know, thoughts and methodology that you can go diagonally on those same types of rotations depending on what you're seeing for where. Are tires not directional though? It depends if the if it's directional okay. versus outside. Okay. So sometimes uh, well and in that case you can still rotate. You can it yeah just, front to back. You no, know, you can no. rotate the tires as well. They just require dismount, mounting, and balancing again Ah, to create a a rotation. Okay. So we took off the four S's off of Dan's car. We marked their current locations, and come the spring, we're going to do a rotation of sorts where we're going to mount the left onto the right for the front and the right, onto the left for the rear. Okay. Just to make sure that we're wearing on everything evenly. So longer. they are not directional. His his tire his current his current s- summer tires. All of his tires that he has for that car right now have an outside designation. Okay. So that's all that matters. Okay. Yeah.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And some have a some have a, yeah, like uh, Lamborghini specifically. Like, yeah. Murcielagos.
1: Lagos like, yeah. Have specific right front, right rear. <laughs> Uh, left rear, right front, left front. Yeah. Okay.
2: Makes Mc- sense. Yeah. McLaren just came out with a new tire. I just read about it today for the new GT. It has the, as Pirelli claims, the widest operating temperature. Um, it's not a snow tire, but it's meant to run. It's a high speed rated tire, but down to 40 degrees, which is almost unheard of in a performance tire that it's rated that low. Being able to get the best of both worlds. Yeah, we'll see. There's always compromises with that, but I trust Pirelli and McLaren know what they're doing, so I'm sure it'll be fine.
1: Um. And that's due to the technology advancement of the synthetic rubbers and how they're being able to integrate those into, like, vulcanizing. Yep. And Michelin did that with their AS3+. Plus.
0: Yeah. There you go.
1: Okay.
2: So uh, your tires uh, on your Subaru, the BFG ATs you've got, those are a three-peak rating as well, which is not that common.
0: How often should I rotate my tires, Blake? Every which five by the w- 6,000 miles. Yep. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, Blake did my tires and wheels at Drivers Club, too. Yeah, this <laughs> so, was yeah. a while ago, though. Yeah. It was actually 5,000 miles
1: ago. That's why I was curious Perfect. to not talk to you about that. <laughs> and, and I,
0: yeah, so, yeah, okay, we'll be talking about that. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. So, sorry to have diverted. No, that's, no, Let's no, get back to um, what, I guess, what are the basics that I think that every car owner, not just enthusiast, but every car owner should understand about tires. And you've got three points of measurement on a tire. And I'm just going to rattle off an example. You've got the first number, which is oftentimes the largest, and we'll call it 295. And then you've got the middle number, which they usually do like 295 slash. And then it would be the aspect ratio, which would be like, let's call it 30. Mm -hmm. And then slash and then the diameter of the rim that we're going to, that, that's on the vehicle. Yeah. So let's call it 295, 30, 20. And how that's broken down is the first measurement, the largest number is the width of the tire. And so that's in millimeters. And then the aspect ratio, which is the second number, which would be like the 30 would actually be a percentage of the width. So it's not thirty millimeters. It's thirty percent. It's thirty percent of the uh, of the width. And then the twenty inch I- or the diameter is clearly defined. You the cannot put yeah, you can't put nineteen inch tires on a twenty. Yes, you can't put twenty one inch tires on a those are the same size. 20. They're stretching the they're stretching the what are they
2: they would try something that stupid though. Yeah, okay. Well yeah, they I would g- just
1: stance <laughs> I mean stance cars, we we've worked on plenty. Uh, what they tend to do is they'll take a, a tire too narrow, yeah. So they'll take a a one eighty five, and try to stretch it onto a ten and a half, <laughs> and so it pancakes the sidewall, and um, we we tend to be very strict with company policies about not mounting several different like scenarios, which is if the tire is not properly load rated for the car, we won't touch it. If the, car, if the tire is worn past legal tread depth, and that matters even if it's a bad alignment on a car, we're not going to mount it if it's less than 230 seconds because that's state law. And then another factor is that we won't touch it if it's older than six years. And that brings us back to what I think that uh, every car owner or even just driver should know, and that's on every single tire since the early 90s, we've implemented a, you know, best buy or a date code, or it's actually on every tire as a DOT code. So it will oftentimes state DOT, and then it has uh, four alphanumeric numbers that indicate like the plant or like the manufacturer and then the plant. Some companies will integrate another four alphanumeric, which these are if there's a serious issue with the tire and the manufacturing process or a defect or a recall these numbers are important they can trace it yes yeah however the last four alpha di- or sorry numerical only digits the last four is the date code so the first two indicate what week of the year it was made so it mm-hmm. could be 01 or it could be 52 because there's 52 weeks and then and then the the last two digits are the year, so you know forty-two one seven. That tire is only two years old. Okay, and so if uh, due to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration Tread Act of two thousand nine, they determined that uh, all tires are bad regardless of tread after six years. Period. Huh. Tires are only good for six years.
0: And this, this, if they're rotating or not rotating, correct? Doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Probably even worse if they're sitting. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because then they get, oftentimes will get dry rot happening to the rubber. Because rob- rubber is natural and it will oxidize. Okay. I mean, if you th- I always correlate uh, rubber to, like, the seals on, like, classic cars. Everybody's seen how rubber dries out around, like, the seals of, like, a window, or like on rubber trim strips, and it becomes dry, cracked, and, and frayed, and, and oftentimes need to be, needs to be replaced on classic cars. On tires that are original to the car, it likely looks like that, and we see a lot of it when I finally convince people to, to take care of older tires, is when we pull the tire apart, we can often see that the inside was just waiting to go off. Like it's disintegrating, the rubber is scaling, and cracking is that something you can be
0: ticketed for? I mean, they would have to really dig, but is,
1: is that yes. okay? Yeah, DOT codes. Um, well, especially if they if the tire doesn't have a DOT code, even worse. Then it yeah. means that yeah. it was made in the in yeah. very Which early. Makes on. you
2: unsafe on the road. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having a very clear conversation. It was way before right away tire about telling someone who was a previous guest on our show that his tires were way too old. I drove his car. And it was all wheel drive and very powerful, and it had no traction. And even in spite of having plenty of tread depth left, he was like, I don't get it, man. I think it, I always turn drive with the traction control off because it's always going off all the time. And anyway, I was like, it's like, dude, your tires are hard as a rock. They're brown, they're not black. And they're brown because they've oxidized so much, all the color's gone out of them. It's like, this is a death trap, dude. But and, thanks for letting us drive it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I was, and he was like, yeah, but takes it, it, plenty of tread depth. I don't drive it that much. I was like, It's, you brake on them, you accelerate on them, you turn on them. It's the most important thing on your entire vehicle, period. So he finally got new tires on it, from you, I believe, because I was messaging you about it. I won't name his name on here, but he knows he's going to listen to this. And it was like, he was so shocked at how well his car accelerated, handled, braked, That's what it's supposed (laughs) to do, yeah. It's like, well, duh. Yeah. And uh, this is a common problem I see on exotic cars
0: and classic cars. I did not know that. Like, I mean, yeah. I know it from when I've known it because of Blake, but I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, many cars I've had had tires that were old within six years because it was like, well, they're, they're, the tread depth is still there. They're
2: yeah, they look good. They look yeah, good. They
1: look and good. Then you kick them, and yeah. they got air. It's yeah, like, exactly. let's let's ready to roll. Yeah, but <laughs> it's our, not.
2: Yeah, that's why our friends at like Coker Tire are still in business because all these classic cars don't they don't make tires. But it's not like they're but they wear out. Mm-hmm. They wear out sitting. I mean, they drive the car two hundred miles in five years, and well, now the tires rotting away. So good info though. Yeah. I did not know that either until
0: very recently over the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Blake. <laughs> Welcome. So I mean and you know, and I don't and I just to cover us on this, I, we're not saying that, that, that people if you if you go to one of your major tire guys that they're they're going to try to screw you over there. Oh, no. That's not no. that's not the issue. We're just trying to give you some knowledge that, that allows you to let them know that you aren't <laughs> Your everyday citizen, and that you, you you care about your safety, and you care about getting the right tire for your car, and for what you do. Like I said, Blake really talked about it. when I'm um, talking about right away tire. They have a serious conversation with the person. I mean, him and I had a serious conversation about su- car tires for the Subaru. It's like, where are you going? What are you going to be doing? You know, should you be doing this? Should you have this type of tire? You know, is, is are you just, or are you just going to be spending your? I mean, these people we see on the road with these huge off-road tires that never go off-road. <laughs> And they're burning rubber that just it's not meant for that. Like I said, um, Dan and I when we were this weekend, first time I touched snow with those tires, they did excellent. Great. And they were aired up. We didn't even air down, but I mean they did incredible. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, I always laugh when I see a,
2: a truck with like twenty fours on it and mud tires. Yeah. I'm like, great. So you have less braking, less handling. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. No.
1: No nope. anyway. Bro and trucks. As long as they also have the Carolina squat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or they good. can't see over their own hood.
2: Yeah, it's got to be like four inches lower than oh, in the back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then also those tires, I've, we've refused that work because oftentimes the tires that they're wanting to put on those 24s are not load ranged for the truck. Yeah. And then you oftentimes see them hauling a toy hauler behind yeah. them. And like I look at these tires and I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's p- worse than stanced cars. Yeah, because blow out a oh. sidewall doing that, right? Oh yeah. Nothing's yeah. worse than stance. <laughs> 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 no, <I'm just> kidding.
2: <laughs> so I have a question about wheels. Unless yep. you have something else you want to talk about in tires. Uh
1: before we go to wheels, yeah, let's, go let's just let's touch base on what I just mentioned. Okay. And I, I touch base on stance. Yeah. I touch base on the on the trucks that bother me. Uh and it's because of their tires and not having the proper load range. And so w- we not only sell tires, but we will install whatever our customers have as long as they're within a date code, as long as they're the proper, you know, load range and and the tread depth. But oftentimes, people will buy tires that they'll just type in their size, 295, 30, 20, right? And they press enter. And they go, oh, wow, look at these tires. They're only like 120 bucks a piece. And the tires that I got quoted from Blake or from another tire store were a piece so I'm going to just buy these because I'm going to save so much money by buying these tires online and We'll go out to do the install and we'll say We can't put these on your car because these are only an 89 H and 89 is the load range and it's it doesn't have a direct correlation But there are tables and charts you can look up the load range and then H is the speed rating and so, if somebody like yourself, I mean, this tire doesn't exist, but we're hypothetically saying that it does, right? 295. Dan buys a 295 3020, and it's an 89H for his Porsche. And he needs a, a 101Y or Z-rated tire because his car's capable of going extreme speeds. And an H is not adequate because, again, there's no real correlation. But if a tire is, you know... V rated, W rated, Y rated, or Z rated, that's pretty much what you're going to see on like hyper, you know, hyper cars, super cars, exotic vehicles, because they are the ones that are capable of going that fast. And so, load range, very important. So, if you're not a tire expert and you're doing online research and you find really cheap tires, beware that they might not be the right load range or they might be five going on six years old and somebody's just trying to blow them out and clearance them out and we did an install the other day for a customer who bought tires quote-unquote brand new online way better price than i offered uh but not really because the tires were over four years old and they weren't a fraction of of the price that i quoted him for brand new extremely fresh tires made this year i mean he was saving 40%, 40%, but it should be that he was saving 80%. Yeah, because he's got... Because he's got less two than years two left. years before those tires turn into PVC. Yeah.
0: And I actually, knowing that we were going to kind of talk about this, I went on to an online retailer who you're a preferred re- installer for, um, and I was going in there to try to play around to see, like, w- will these websites sell you? And they are, there's a lot of safety features that are built into some of these sites that say... This is not meant for your car, and multiple times you have to agree to it. Like, yeah, yes. and, they're, they're and th- which is good because they're they're going no. This speed wise, you shouldn't be. You, this is too high. This is too low. But not all web, not all. Online I understand that. That's why, I'm, and, that I'm, way. and I'm and I'm not I'm not publicizing anything, but I'm saying it's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that yeah. that didn't used to be. You could go on. You could click the wheels. You could click the tires. They'd be on your porch
1: the next week, and, well, and that's and that's the problem with uh, some uh, box stores. Is if you bring in tires. They're not cross-checking. They're not making sure that they're going to work load range, speed range, everything on your car. And then another really important fact that I think all listeners should be aware of is most modern-day vehicles, if you open your driver's door, it'll either be on your actual door itself or it'll be on your driver's door jam. And the the, the sticker is typically white, black, yellow, and red. And and that's pretty much across every manufacturer. It's very clear and it designates the tire size on the front, the tire size on the rear, typically load range, speed rating, and uh, recommended manufacturers, recommended air pressures. And for 99% of most purposes... Everybody should be filling up their air pressures as long as they have the factory tires or factory sizes. They should be filling them up to those designated pressures per the manufacturer. Do not inflate your tires to the maximum 51 PSI that it says on the sidewall. So even if I
0: get oversized wheels for my car and, and aftermarket tires, I should still follow the PSI rating on the I door. gave
1: you special pressures mm-hmm. with your setup. Yeah. because we had to do load range calculations. I wasn't even talking I'm, I'm just, but, but yeah. But in theory, there are formulas and calculations that if you're doing aftermarket-sized tires or aftermarket-sized wheels and tires for your vehicle, that typically you'll want to do some weight load calculations to make sure that you're not over-pressurizing the tire or underloading the vehicle. Yeah, this is before you existed too.
2: I did, uh, uh, I did the oversized tires on my Land Cruiser, of course. But I went in and I, I was fortunate to talk to the guys at Mule about this. And I said, okay, because I wasn't sure. I was like, well, do I just get 33s? Because I'm seeing like four different BFG all-terrains. That's what I wanted in 33. And so they're like, are you going to do a bumper, a winch, sliders, roof rack? Like how much, how weight, much, weight, are how you much weight are you adding to yes. your vehicle? And I was like, I never <laughs> thought about that. And after talking to them about what bumper I wanted and the winch I wanted and the sliders, they're like, you need to go up to a heavier load range tire. Like you'd probably be finding the other ones, but you should do that. If those are the planned mods, they like it would be way worse for you to be on an underloaded tire than an overloaded tire for safety's sake. And sure enough, I added a lot of weight to that vehicle. <laughs> Between racks and bumpers and everything else, that thing weighed a ton. as much as a one ton truck almost actually by the time I was done. And it is a very heavy vehicle to begin with. But yeah, it was something that I did not know until I had my Land Cruiser. I had never considered it before. It's not You know, and I've been playing with cars my whole life, but I didn't know that until somebody made me think about it. (laughs) Because I was like, I've never seen this before. Yeah, exactly. We're all picturing the more you know, rainbow (laughs) right now. You know, we are PBS. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) we are due for a break, and we'll be right back.
1: Grandpa, what do you call this thing again?
2: It's a '66 Ford Bronco.
1: I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button?
0: It's called a window crank.
1: Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down.
0: This moment of escape was created by Haggerty.
1: Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have got to talk about the co drive. Yes. Please do. Um, It's been a few weeks now that we're into it, and we are collecting coats and blankets and hats and scarves and warm things for Mary's Place. And um, we have a lot of people collecting, businesses collecting. Um, You can go to McLaren of Seattle, Metropolitan Detail, LeMay, Ferrari of Seattle, Salish Lodge of L.A., Northwest Auto Salon or if you have away Tire changing into winter tires for you, they will collect coats there as well. And I think were you talking about doing some sort of discount?
2: You get winter tires and you make a donation, away Tire will give you ten percent off
0: service. Yep. That's, That's amazing. Uh, Amanda, what what are you looking for? I mean, it's it's new. New coats, new, new or hats, gently used. Okay.
3: Men and women, children, all ages, and um, you know, I was talking to Blake about it with, you know, why I care so much about this, and um, it's because I was in a park and about this time of year, and I saw this, these two children playing in the park with my kid and they were like the little boy had two adult sized t-shirts on that he was like trying to climb around and he was having trouble and I didn't know what to do I called my mom and I was like is it rude if I just run up to this stranger and give them money um, because you know it was very obvious that they were living in their car and I talked to my mom and she was like no I don't think it'd be rude just go for it and by the time i had gotten off the phone they were gone and i just i felt so bad and and i know that a lot of people are homeless in this area now and it's just like it's freaking cold you go out to your car in the morning and,
0: and you guys did some serious damage last year as far as i mean you guys i mean you, you all g- did yeah. actually mean, yeah, it, there, the last year's coat drive was was huge and we want to make even this year bigger yep i take it's a collection important. at work i just
2: i just not an official thing I just ask her on my office I'm like hey if you guys got jackets I need them you and started
3: pulling jackets out of other cubicles I think yeah people left behind yeah so Dan <laughs> may
0: have robbed a bunch of his friends but um you know it was for a good cause yeah
3: that was amazing no. thank you actually and that was something just tell that everybody was so no. <laughs> incredible about last year is seeing like Maggie here I mean she filled her performante frunk with like Ten brand new coats. It was amazing, and then she came back with her Model X full. Um, Doug filled his Raptor last year at Costco. The lady looked at him like he was nuts. Um, <laughs>
0: that has nothing to do with the coat drive. That just you know, just it's just done. in general. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had he not put them in the bed of the truck, most of them would have made it home too. So another <laughs> woman
3: last was donating year. Donating with efficiency. Yeah, she brought seventy-five brand new coats. For children to metropolitan detail, and that was just amazing to see. Um, and and at the time we were stuffing turkey dinner um, with coats, so um,
2: that's the Porsche GT three that is part of driver's club yeah. not yes. an actual turkey dinner <laughs> and but if you're a member of driver's club there
0: is a drop-off barrel here is where you, you,
2: you
3: oh say yeah. So, yeah well yeah. yeah we don't really advertise it's for members so we have like um, a a goal of some kind last year we filled turkey dinner three times last year and so this year our goal is to be able to fill a right away tire sprinter van full of coats and warm things so
2: that's yeah, a lot bigger. Well, than
3: three GC3Rs. All because I mean, Blake won't imagine. give his,
0: his guys quotes right now. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're
2: still wearing the children's ones. Yeah. <laughs> think of the right of tire employees. They know what they did.
3: <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, so I'm really excited about it. And um, then at the end, for participants who have contributed, we're going to be doing um, a, an actual drive on the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and I think. I'm sure we'll have it, Blake will plan it, <laughs> maybe through Rallysta, And then I think we'll be ending at Salish Lodge awesome. um, for lunch or something. Yeah, so. we
2: need to go up there and visit Chris. It's been too long. Good yeah. View. Good guys up there at Salish Lodge. So go treat somebody you love to dinner or breakfast or lunch and drop off some coats. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. Um, speaking of more stuff to do this winter, you should give coats. Uh, but Avance, of course, uh, they don't have anything coming up this weekend. But if you are a um, one of the founders mem- founding members, you can go. There's a private car collection tour charity event, and actually, that might be open. And then a fall drive coming up, and there's the Dirtfish Rally School event. There's the Northwest Toy Run. You just They just had their car connection, Dino Day, that was actually, it was fun. So a lot but of I cars, think
0: everything went from like 48 horsepower to, I forgot what broke. It's the, an AutoZam AZ1. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it was like 48 horsepower. Pretty much. Which for a car that weighs like two, not even 2,000 pounds, I don't think. That's, it was a beat. It was a, a Honda beat. Honda beat. Honda a Beat. Thank that's you. That's right. Thanks. Yeah, that was a really tiny little car. So, anyway. That's yeah, Jordan Avant. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I had a few questions. Welcome back, Blake, now that you've got your headset back. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I had a question about wheels. Um, So, back in my GTR days, uh, one of the more popular mods to that car, which, because it's a Japanese tuner car and most cars, is to swap wheels. A lot of guys like to swap the lug nuts too on that car. Mm -hmm. Problem was the factory lug nuts on that car were torqued to 94 foot pounds. Pretty common. Yep. Uh, uh, That's a 90 to 100 is a very typical range for a lug nut. Problem, though, is if you switch to aluminum lug nuts, they're often rated to 80. Maximum. And that includes even the really nice name-brand ones that all eventually fade in the sun, by the way. I went with Ray's steel lug nuts because I wanted black ones. So, and, I did, and I wanted to be able to talk, torque them to the factory spec. Yep. So I went to with Ray's. Um, how dangerous is that, really?
1: <laughs> I do not promote the use of aluminum lug nuts. Okay. And the reason why is because aluminum will stretch. And the threads on torquing... And repeated use on and off uh, will actually like stretch the threads and create gapping issues where they won't remain tight. Mm. So if you're going to do aftermarket lug nuts, you're going to want to do titanium. And I know that some people are big advocates because it's an unsprung weight thing yeah. where you can eliminate maybe a pound at most per corner if you do go from steel to titanium. But even titanium lug nuts aftermarket ones can stretch upon you know torquing or over torquing tends to be the problem um we oftentimes work on so many vehicles that we can tell when we're going to remove them like we don't we don't take a torque wrench to them per se but we can tell just because of our use like these were on too tight or these were not on tight enough and it's it's almost innate. You know, we we have uh we have guns that are electric that are rated up to six hundred foot pounds and sometimes when we're going to remove a set of lug nuts off of a car and that gun's not wanting to remove them, uh, it's a pretty big indicator that they were extremely over torqued. And I mean it will get them off because it's an impact. Yeah. And but if you tap the trigger and it doesn't pop the lugs off (laughs) um you might want to just grab the customer or the person and let them know that like there might be an issue of like you know an actual stud pulling out or there being cross-thread issues because the last person to touch their wheel entire combo did not do what they were supposed to be doing Mm, interesting stuff
2: you Uh, brings another topic actually with wheels and stu- uh, lug studs, lug nuts, things like that. What is um, so? A lot of guys go for, I don't blame them at all, the look of a lightly spaced wheel. Yes. Uh, and you can get you get aftermarket spacers from reputable companies. Um, H and R makes spacers right here. and they're up in Bellingham, um, and they do. I think they look better on a lot of cars. Just a little little bit of push out in the back looks pretty good. But there is a minimum depth to the lug nut or the the hub. The studs. The studs. Yeah. Correct. Um, what is the minimum safe, uh, like well, or what's the ideal range, I
1: should say? I like to, when you have aftermarket setups, as far as like safety is concerned, uh, we'd like to go by the rule of thumb that there's at least seven rotations, and that's full revs of the securing device, whether it's a lug nut or a stud or you know whatever yep. setup the car has. And then if not, you're going to need to run extensions, you know, extended studs or wheel bolts that are longer in order to properly adjust for that. But the biggest thing for wheel spacers is making sure that you retorque and check the torque after 75 miles and then just make it a habit of maybe every 300 miles because you've got more shimming and more play going on mm-hmm. that uh, wheels can become loosened just by running spacers in general. If you're going to run spacers, you tend to want to run on, like, the the large spacers where they actually have bolts that go and right. recede into the spacer. Like factory Porsches of, like, the 930 yeah. uh, body styles, they had a factory spacer, which was a solid one and a half to two inches that huh. had bolts going through it. And then it had threads to receive the, the you know the factory for Porsche wheels to give it that wide body stance. That's a really good look on the those old 930s. Yeah. But the big thing on wheels uh, is that just because the bolt pattern fits and the offset fits and the diameter and the width fits doesn't mean that the hub centric will fit. And so if listeners could visualize with me for just a second that off of your brake, area kind of in the middle of your brake you have the hub or like the wheel bearing area that comes out it's protruding and it tends to only be about a quarter of an inch and it's a small little circle and it's usually on the outside of where your hub bolt is and wheels need to be tight to that because that's how a wheel distributes or that's how the weight of the car is distributed through the wheel if you have a smaller Hub bore uh, on the car, and you've got wide universal wheels, and the wheel bolts might fit, but you're now relying on wheel bolts to transfer the energy or the weight of the car to the wheels, and just like spacers, you can have wiggle, or the wheels Uh. can become loose and potentially fall off if you don't have the right hub bore on the on the back side of the wheel and they do make what's called hub rings yeah and so we run into aftermarket wheel installs i ordered rays and i got them for this car and we go to put them together and there's no hub rings that the customers thought to order and we break their heart and say we're happy to get you hub rings but we're gonna have to come out next week because these have to be ordered or made or i mean we custom make hub rings for certain setups and that is very important because that's where all of the weight of the vehicle is transferred through the wheels, is in that hub ring area as opposed to through each individual lug nut. Wheels, cars are not designed to take the weight of the vehicle through the lugs. Interesting. You had to order those for mine, didn't you? I did.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, was say, yeah.
1: I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had
2: a, a nine, my old 944. I had some OZ wheels on it back in the day, and I had to get hub rings for those. I remember that. It's funny. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Because you're getting old. Yep, I know. That was a long
0: time ago. Now you know.
1: Back in my day. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of our day and us being old, we are at the end of our show.
0: It's been fun. Thank you for coming in and doing this. We've been one, We've. I mean, we've been friends with Blake for a long time. Right Away Tire is not a sponsor of our show, but Dan and I have done a ton of research in this area, and we've known Blake for a long time, and we thought he was the best expert we could bring on to really explain it because we would screw it up. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah. So, yeah, I hope you
2: enjoyed learning everything there is to know about uh, tires. Just kidding. This is like one tiny little percentage yep. of it, and this is why Blake, guys like Blake are in business. So, if you have any questions about tires because we didn't answer them, please shoot us an email. I will make sure it gets answered correctly and with knowledge. I'm, that means I'm going to ask Blake. At
0: the at the <laughs> least, when you go into if you don't use right away tire, which you should, when you go into your tire specialist, you'll surprise them with all the amount of knowledge you <laughs> have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening.
2: Blake, thank you again for taking the time to talk us through all this stuff. It's super important, especially as a lot of people are switching tires right now. So.
0: Thanks, Blake. Uh, happy for, to be a part of it. Well, we're happy to have you here, too. Yes. <laughs> that was a lie. Hugs.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, before we go, if you haven't listened to his episode, episode 39, it's a fantastic episode. It's pre-ride, pre-Rideaway Tire. It is a listener favorite uh, by our numbers, by a long shot, and it's a really as good pre-
0: one. As pre-to-Rideaway away as it could be, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.